0: Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Uh, we've been reading there the last few weeks and we read that Moses was instructed to teach the people the statutes and the laws and to show them the way in which they must walk and the work that they must do. And the, the past few weeks our focus has been on the way to walk. And this morning and next week we're going to be looking at the work that we're called to do. This morning, our focus is going to be on the principle of work. And next Sunday, we'll look at some specific actions regarding the work that we're called to do. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 1. We'll get there in just a second. But we're going to start this morning by looking at God's original plan for work. And we find that in the creation account in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And it'll be on the screen if you if you don't have your Bible. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. So there's a couple of key points here that I want us to look at. First, that we are created in God's image. We all have an inherent value because we're created in the image of God. We may have been given different talents by God, different abilities uh, and different giftings. But God loves each of us and sees value in each of us because he made us after his likeness in Ephesians chapter two. Uh, God said, because of God's great love for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And it goes on to say that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The second thing that stands out in this passage is that God calls us to be fruitful and to multiply To fill the earth and to subdue it and to have dominion over all that he had created. Basically, he called us to work. Every single one of those things that we read that he called us to is work. And something that we often forget, or maybe you've never even really thought about it, is that God called us to this work before the fall. How many of you have thought work was a punishment for sin? Anybody? I'm the only one. There's, there's one on us. <laughs> A lot of times we think that we think, OK, work is part of the punishment for sin. It's part of the curse. And that's not true. God worked when he created everything. God was at work before uh, creation. God was work in creation. God's been at work after creation and he called us to work before the fall. Work is something that is part of who we are. It's who we were created to be because we were created in his image. God also works and uh, he continues to work. Another point that stands out is that God found satisfaction in his work. After each day of the six days of creation, God said uh, at the end of the day, he looked at what he had done and he said it was good. And at the end of the sixth day, after he had created mankind, he said, it's very good. So he he found satisfaction in a job well done in completing the work that he had started to do. And for us, uh, because we were created in his image, we can find that same satisfaction in work. And it can be simple things. I remember... Uh, When I was a child, I would uh, probably seven, eight years old, I would help my great grandmother and I would do things um, around the house, you know, rake up leaves or or sweep off her porch and the sidewalk and things like that. And she didn't oftentimes she didn't even ask me to do it. It was just things that I wanted to do to help her. And it was just the satisfaction of doing something that needed to be done. And sometimes I think we get into the idea that work is only about a paycheck. It's only about getting money to do the things that we want to do when we want to do it. Uh, but God created us to do things uh, partly just for the satisfaction of work, to get something done and to see a task completed. I think sometimes uh, we have to think of it outside of maybe our, our vocation or our, our occupation. Like when you do something at home, if you like to garden you know, if you've weeded your garden and you get that done, nobody's writing you a check at the end of that task. Nobody's paying you to do that. But you have a feeling of satisfaction to look at the job well done, to look at those clean rows and to see that everything is prepared for that to be a healthy garden. Or even just starting out with a lawn covered with leaves and you rake them all up. And at the end, just standing back and looking at a job Well done. And there's satisfaction in that. And that's something that God put in us because we were called to work just like he is someone who works. Think about. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. The last thing that I was going to say is I think sometimes that we get the idea that God the father hasn't worked since he finished creation on the sixth day. Anybody have that idea that he finished, he rested, and he's been resting ever since? It's not true. He's, he's been at work. In John chapter 5, we find that Jesus was being criticized because he was healing on the Sabbath day. And that was a day that God had uh, set aside for rest. And so they were saying, you're healing on the Sabbath, you're working. And in John chapter 5, verse 17, we find Jesus' response. Jesus answered them and said, My Father is working until now, and I am working. So Jesus tells them clearly, My Father has been working until now, and I am also working. The Bible makes it clear that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all continuing to work, and God has called us to work. God worked before the fall. He's working now, and He's going to continue to be at work. It is who he is and it's who he created us to be. We don't have time to look at these scriptures, but sometime this week, if you have time, you can look at Revelations chapter 21 and 22 and we can see that the work even continues after Christ returns throughout eternity. God doesn't cease to be who he is and he doesn't have us cease to be who he created us to be. There's scriptures that say that we'll be put over cities and in charge of things and work. There's going to be work to do even in in, uh, his kingdom after his return. And while our focus this morning is on work, I do just want to quickly point out and touch on the Sabbath since rest is also part of God's plan. And this is for any of you workaholics out there. Just remember that God does also call us to rest. In Genesis two verse one and uh, I'm sorry, two, starting in verse two, um, we read, "And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy." So God rested on the seventh day, and he found satisfaction in the work that he had completed. But as we just read in John chapter 5, God has not been resting ever since. He rested and then he got back to work. We are called to work, but we're also called to rest. And it's important that we do our work faithfully and competently. But it's also important that we take time to rest and then get back to work. So we've, we've seen in this passage that we were made in the image of God and therefore we all have value. We've seen that God works and he has called us to work. We've seen that God has satisfaction in his work and that we can have satisfaction in our work. And we see that God rested and calls us to rest. And now that we have that foundation, kind of a general foundation for work, I want us to consider the idea that we're all called or created for a specific work, for a specific purpose. Uh, The Latin word vocare is the word that we get the word uh, vocation from. And the root of that word means to call. But we've kind of lost that definition or understanding for the word vocation in our society. Today we often think of a vocation ...or work as just a job. I have to have a job. We all need a job because we all have to get paid. We all have to be able to buy food. We have to provide for our family. So we need a job. And we've lost the idea of a vocation or a calling. One of the reasons so many people find uh, work to be unsatisfying in our day and age is because we have more power to choose our line of work than we ever have before. It's it's uh, ironic because it's there's an overwhelming quantity of opportunities that can make continuing education and going into the workforce such a daunting task for our young people and really for all of us. And so... We often question, am I doing what I was called to do? Am I doing what I was created to do? Because we can literally do anything. And at any point, at any time, you can stop what you're doing and go back to school and get more education and change fields. Now, the average uh, right now is at the end of someone's career, they'll have been in four different careers. And that's like current. So if you go to kid, you know, young people, by the end of theirs, you know, I probably talking ten or more. By the end of their life, that they'll just keep changing and changing and changing because they think like everything else in our life. We said, well, I tried that, and I didn't get fulfilled. I didn't get satisfied. So that can't be it. So I'm going to do this, and that wasn't it. So I'm going to do this, and that wasn't it. So I'm going to do this. And young people, I just want to you to grasp this message this morning that God has called you to something and he is calling you to something and you can answer that call and be confident in knowing that you're where god called you to be and that doesn't mean that we're going to be in the same field forever we we've got stories in the bible like joseph who you know started in uh slavery and then went to prison then he was running the whole nation so god has ways of getting us to our call i've shared uh, many times about how God got me into the ministry and it wasn't the path that you would think should be taken. But God called me. I never doubted that call. But the way he got me there was through a, almost a 20 year career in I.T. You know, it doesn't make sense. But that was the way he planned. That was what he called. So just because we get frustrated, just because we're not satisfied does not mean we're not in the place that he called us to. So the issue isn't our choice. It's not that we have choices. The issue is the way that we look at work, the way we look at our vocation, because we don't see it as a calling. We see it as something to do to get a paycheck, and that was never God's plan for work. We have to get this and really understand this. A vocation is only a vocation. If someone calls you to it. To be in your calling. You have to have been called. And you have to have answered that call. You can't call yourself. We have to be called. And here's the key. When we are called to our work. We're serving the one who called us. Not ourselves. When you go into a job because it's the highest paying career, kids, if you're looking at your job opportunities by the paycheck that it draws, and that's your only concern, then you're looking at it from the get-go is I'm going to do this to serve me, to serve my wants, to serve my needs, to do what I want to do because that pays the most. Who cares if I like it or not? It makes a lot of money. But when you go into a job, regardless if it pays well or whether it pays nothing, because God called you, then you're going to serve him, not yourself, because you were called there to serve. And that puts a whole new perspective on work. It puts a new perspective on vocation because it's something that we were called by God to do. Not to serve ourselves, but to serve him. And this really lines up with one of the main focuses that we've been talking about in this whole series is who is Lord of our life. If Jesus Christ is the Lord of our life, then we serve him in every area of our life, including our vocation, our calling. We're in that place because the Lord of our life called us there to serve just like we serve in every area of our life, in every area that he calls us to serve. In 1 Corinthians 7:17, 7, 17, we read, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision with anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised. Let him not seek circumcision for neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Verse 20. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bond servant when called? Don't be concerned about it. But if you can gain freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For, who, for he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freedman of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. The Lord. Our Father, our Savior, has called us and assigned us to serve Him in specific ways. If we serve God faithfully in the place that He has called us, then we can reach the heights of success wherever He has called us. This passage is not a justification for slavery. Paul was not saying this is this is the, what we should attain to. He was clear uh, if anyone has the opportunity as a slave to gain your freedom, he said, take it, avail yourself of that. But Paul's point is that in Christ, there is no calling higher or lower than any other. If you are a slave here on earth, you're free in Christ Jesus. And if you're free here on earth in your calling, you're a bond servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a sad fact that even in our world today, there's still people living in slavery. There's people around the world uh, in prisons that were wrongfully accused. They're innocent. Or their crimes that they've been charged with are being a Christian. I was reading a story this morning that in, uh, I think it's uh, North Korea, uh, that they can be put into prison for 15 years for being found with the Bible. Just, you know, so we would call that wrongfully, (laughs) wrongfully imprisoned. But what this scripture is saying is regardless of where you find yourself, even if you're a slave, even if you're in prison wrongfully, there's no level in the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ. You're totally free. You can serve him exactly where you are and not be at any less of a level than the person that we would think, oh, that's a high calling. There is no high calling or low calling in Christ. There's just the calling of Christ. And if you're serving where he's called you, then you're at the highest calling you can possibly be. There is no higher calling than his call for you. His call for you is your highest calling. In Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Then jumping to verse 6, it says, Including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This passage clearly states that we are all called to be servants of Jesus Christ. So we are called to serve, we're called to work. And the last question I want us to look at this morning and answer is, then how should we work? How should we work? In Colossians chapter three verse 17, it says, "And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. Verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Work like you're working for the Lord. Whatever you do, work like you're working for the Lord. And then we could ask the question, why? Because you are. We are. Whatever we do, whatever we're called to do, we're working for the Lord. Not for yourself. Not for another man. Not for another woman. Whatever you do, you're doing it to the Lord. He's the only one we work for. From Genesis chapter 1, he's the only one who ever called us to work. Everything that we do, everything that we're called to do, is work for the Lord. That is how God transcends any earthly circumstance or station, He sets us all on equal footing. We're all made in His image. If we are in Christ, we are all a new creation. And He has called us all to serve Him. So whatever situation, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we can work and fulfill our calling because we are serving the Lord and not man. Some of you may have heard of this example because I, I know I've used it in a message before, but others... May not have been here or be new. Um, but I shared an example about when I was a teenager. I think I was 15 or 16 years old, and my father had lost uh, his job. And he took a job as a uh, sacker at a grocery store, at a grocery store called Homeland. And one thing I remember vividly the last time I used to actually had a picture of him, uh, he was in the uniform and he was standing there. And um, he actually had my mother take a picture of him in that because he was proud of the job. And at this point, he had been um, uh, on the board of the school board. He had been in, you know, career-level type jobs, and he was in a, a town not, it was bigger than Lampasas, but still a small town where most people would know him, where he would know virtually everybody that he was sacking their groceries. But he didn't care. It was work. It was a job and he was going to provide for his family no matter what he had to do. And to this day, that's one of the proudest moments I have of my father, that he set a standard for work. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever door he opens for you, you aren't too good for anything. Let me pop your bubble right now. There is no work that you're too good for. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, name higher than any other name that every knee's going to bow to, every tongue is going to confess to. When He came to this earth, He could have come as an emperor. He could have come as a king. He could have come as a pharaoh. He could have come as a president. He could have come as whoever he wanted to come as. And he came as a carpenter. And Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. But we want to be Lord of our life. We don't want anyone to be our Lord. We want to be the boss. We want to be the one at the top. Well, no matter how high you get, you're not at the top. God is. And he's everybody's Lord. And we can acknowledge that and serve him and say, Lord, where are you calling me to serve? Whatever I do with my life, whether I'm President of the United States or washing dishes at the restaurant down the streets, the only one I'm serving is You. And if I serve You faithfully where You've called me, there's no reward that can be less than the highest reward. If we serve Him where we're called, we're going to get the highest possible reward we can get because that's where He called us. We just have to answer His call. In Matthew 9:36, we see Jesus' heart, and he gives us some instructions. He says, "When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd." And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Jesus said, There's plenty of work to do, but the workers are few. So we're called to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. It's his field, it's his harvest. We're his workers. Who are we to complain because we don't like the part of the field that he sent us to? He gets to decide. He's the Lord. Young people, pray to the Lord and ask him, where are you calling me to serve? And he'll be faithful to answer you and speak to you. And you can answer that call wherever He calls you. It's not about being called into, quote, full-time ministry. God calls to every job, to every task. But He he calls us. He calls doctors. He calls lawyers. He calls uh, janitors. He calls uh, house cleaners. He calls grocery store managers. He calls sackers. He calls McDonald's employees. He calls mothers to stay home. He calls fathers to stay home. He calls all kinds of things. There isn't anything that He doesn't call to. But the point is, what's He calling you to? That's the only call that matters. And there's no calling too high. And there's no calling too low. It's just a matter of where is He calling you. None of us are too good for any calling we are just called to faithfully serve where He calls us. And when we answer His call, when we answer our vocation, our calling, and when it's where God called us to, we won't be serving ourselves, And we won't be serving for the approval of any man or any woman. We'll only be serving For the approval of God. For our Lord and Savior. The one who saved us. The one who called us. So wherever you find yourself today. Wherever we find ourselves today. Let's pray. Let's pray to the Lord of the harvest. And ask where he's calling us to serve. Whether it's at home. Whether it's raising your kids. Whether it's in a job, just make sure it's where he called, that it's where he called you to be. And then we can follow the rest of the scripture that we pray to the Lord of the harvest for all the laborers, that everyone that he has called, that they would all answer and serve where he's calling them to serve. And they're all high callings. They're all high callings because we're serving the same Lord. That someone wrongfully in prison, someone literally in slavery, in bondage to another, in Christ, can be totally free and serve like they're serving the Lord and be given the reward that's higher than any other reward because they served Him. It all is about our heart. Is He our Lord? Is He the one we're serving? No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, is He the one we're serving? Is He the one that called? Is He the one that we answered to? You bow your heads and pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're the Lord of the harvest. We thank you that you are the one who called us. Lord, you know us by name. You sent your son to die while we were still in sin. But you had a plan for us. You had a purpose for us. You saw value in every single one of us and you have a calling for all of us. Lord, open our ears to hear your voice, to hear your calling and to answer your call. Lord, that we could serve no matter what we do every day, day in, day out, that we could serve knowing you're the one that we serve. And there is no higher calling than your call. Father, lead us and guide us in all that we do. We give you all praise and all glory and all honor. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampassness.com.